and every fight there's a winner and a loser. Well, last night, Bray Wyatt was a loser! And the winner, whether you like it or not, was Roman Reigns! Wrestling fans, are you For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there. Kane was there, too. Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw. This fight's right. It's Wrestle Rant Radio. Welcome back, folks, to Wrestle Rant Radio here today for June 7th, 2017. Graham Giusa Matthews here, hot off the heels of an extreme rolls pay-per-view, not so extreme show on Sunday night. Raw smacked on this past week, respectively as well. Uh, but for the first time in a long time, since I'll be flying solo for the summer for the large part, we got our first guest here on the show in many months beyond RJ and Tom and John and the regulars. In fact, we got someone making their Wrestle Rant Radio debut here today. Someone, it, it's been a long time coming for many, many years now. I've been trying to work it out over SummerSlam. Didn't work out after WrestleMania. But we got him here on the show today. We got him booked. He's finally free. We got at No Wade, at NJ Wade on the Twitter machine. No, how you doing today, brother? Long time coming, like I said. I'm doing good, man. What's up? Nothing much, nothing much. I mean, of course, we've talked at length before about WWE. We talk about it all the time and, and everything else. Uh, in, in between the world of WWE. Uh, that being said, though, I mean, you were at WrestleMania from a couple months ago, as was I. We hooked up there. SummerSlam last year as well. WWE SmackDown and MSG. Together, man. You know, you know, we were at TakeOver. <laughs> yep. We were kind of like working out after that and um, didn't happen. And after Mania, it didn't happen. So it's good that we're finally doing this. I know, finally, we were able to get you on the show. It would have been cool if we were able to do it around WrestleMania, but maybe next year, tease, tease for New Orleans. I know you are definitely going. You go to WrestleMania every year for the most part, so we'll see about New Orleans. Live from New Orleans, WrestleMania Radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a nice little ring to it. Uh, but yeah. be- before we get started here, uh, who is Noah Wade? Anything you'd like to plug? Anything you'd like to tell the uh, listeners about yourself before we get underway here? No, nah, man. Like, uh, hello, listeners. I'm Noah. Um, me and Graham have been friends for um, a couple of years now. I'm a senior um, at City Purchase in New York. I'm a journalism major. I'm a singer. And that's all that really is to me. So, And a diehard wrestling fan as well who watched Extreme Rules on Sunday. Am I right? Yes, sir. That is true. So, I mean, the show, like I said, on Sunday, not so extreme. We're breaking it down here on the show here today. Uh, kicking off the show. Did you, did you watch the kickoff show by any chance between Kalisto and Apollo Crews? Or no? Nope. I watched it after the fact. I didn't watch it live. I watched it after the fact just to see if it was any good. The match was actually good, um, but it was kind of bogged down by the fucking Titus brand bullshit, which has been a regular on Raw recently. Do you see the the Titus brand having any future for Apollo Crews? Do you see that going anywhere on Raw? No, because because it's stupid. Do you think it's uh, bringing Cruz down more than it is elevating him? I mean, he is getting more TV time now that he's on Raw than he ever was on SmackDown. Is there any benefit to that whatsoever? No, I just think he's like, he's such a great 
great talent on his own. I mean, like, I know that they want to try and get him with, like, a veteran. Because, like, since he's been on Raw, he hasn't done anywhere near, like, the work he did in, like, NXT. Mm-hmm. But, like, but, you know, but Titus O'Neil is not the person that I, I think he should be working with. I don't know who he worked well with, but not Titus O'Neil. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. The guy is, uh... Damaged goods, to say the least. I mean, you said veteran. It's funny. It's funny to, to consider Titus O'Neil a veteran. I mean, he's been here for seven years, which is astounding to me, considering how much he sucks in the ring. I mean, the guy's not terrible, but he's just not that good. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they could have potential. I mean, people, it, it, they check out the videos they do and shit on YouTube for the WWE YouTube channel. They're not bad. They actually work well together. But Titus is just far and beyond a benefit to really anyone at this point. But we'll see where it goes. But this was well-positioned on the kickoff show. The crowd was actually kind of into the action, which was a surprise, uh, considering the match was announced literally like two hours before the show. But it wasn't terrible, I'll say that much. Uh, opening the actual show, though. It was, um, it, was, um, it was like 10 minutes long, so I guess the time out of it. Yeah, exactly. They, they got some time out of it. The match itself wasn't actually that bad. It was just the Titus brand stuff that just bogged it down a bit. But... uh yeah, they did get some time out of the match, which wasn't terrible. So I'm actually surprised they got as much time as they did, even for a kickoff show match, because usually they're only like four or five minutes long. Um, exactly. That being said, kicking off the actual show, though, for the Intercontinental Championship, what an extreme rules match we had here, where if uh, Ambrose got disqualified, he would have lost the championship. Miz and Ambrose part 37 at the show. Uh, but the match was good. I mean, I give this match, I give the feud a lot of shit just because we've seen it so many times before, but they do work well together. The match was really good. The feud's been entertaining so far up to this point on Raw as well as on SmackDown. Um, but in the end, after several teases that Ambrose would get himself disqualified by beating up Miz in the corner, by Maurice slapping Miz, which made no sense. I don't know even why the referee would have fallen for that. Um, and just several other teases throughout the match. And then finally, Miz hits the skull-crushing finale out of nowhere. New Intercontinental Champion, The Miz, for the seventh time. So, Noah, your thoughts on the match was Miz regaining the gold, the right move? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, um, I thought that, like, um, that there were some parts of it that were, like, super wonky. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that, like, the ref took the bump, and, like, usually when refs, when, you know, when, like, refs take any bumps, they're out cold for you know, for like five minutes, this one just got right up and started to walk over to like, like timekeeper and, and was gonna like, you know, like ring the bell and shit. But then Miz hit the move and, and he went in there and pinned him. So that was, that was a little wonky, but I liked the match. Like the match was 20 minutes long. I, I thought it was great. Yeah, I enjoyed the match, too, and you make a great point. That that's so funny you bring that up because John and I were talking about when we were watching the show on Sunday, the fact that, yeah, he took this bump. He was like sh- aggressively shoved to the side uh, by yeah. Miz through Ambrose. And we've seen way weaker stuff when people will like brush their hands on the referee's shoulders or on, on their shirt and, and they'll go, down for like five minutes. yeah, they'll be down for 10 minutes. They'll go flying across the ring. But this guy took a hell of a bump and he was back up in two seconds. So the quickest ref bump I think I've ever seen in my life. That's a great observation there. But yeah, it was enough to distract Ambrose and earn Miz the title. But uh, as I've said a million times before, I think Miz is just infinitely Fantastic. better in the in the champion role than Ambrose. I mean, I think the guy's great, but uh, just in in terms of, in in terms of being the Intercontinental Champion, I know we've seen it seven times before, but at least with Ambrose, he just not that he was hurting the title, he just wasn't doing anything really of note with the championship. So, Miz nothing is, at all. Yeah, nothing, n- nothing at, all. at all. So Miz regains the gold. They they furthered the feud the next night with Miz's championship celebration on Raw. Ambrose interrupted. And Angle promised Ambrose a championship rematch, as he should. He gets the automatic title rematch at some point. 
Um, beyond Ambrose getting his rematch, which should hopefully be on an upcoming episode of Raw and not Great Balls of Fire a month from now, uh, who do you see going after the Intercontinental Championship in The Miz, uh, you know, by association? I mean, like, you tweeted that, like, Austin Aries, you know, like, you thought um, it should have been him, and I think that's, like, um, it's a good idea now that he's done with Neville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Aries, yeah, Aries uh, would work. Yeah, anyone else, you think? Um... Not right now. I mean, like, um, I think like these two will go for another month or so, and then and then you know we'll figure it out from there. But um, I like these two going forward right now, even though we've seen them wrestle a billion times. It's like you know, it's like Owens and Sammy. Like they mm-hmm. have such great chemistry, and um, like in the, like in the, like um, you know, like um, and they're like together. So I think that they're good for right now. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, we'll see how long it lasts. Hopefully, it does culminate. I mean. The match on Sunday was good despite the weird stipulation, but hopefully it does culminate in some sort of, I don't know, a no-holds-barred match or something, which which it should have been in the, in the first place to begin with, uh, neither here nor there at this point. But it was still a good match. We'll see how far you know how far it goes beyond the pay-per-view on Sunday and Raw this past week, uh, beyond the rematch obviously happening at some point. After that, we had a mixed tag team match. Rich Swan and Sasha Banks beating Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. Probably benefited from happening a lot earlier in the evening, the most cruiserweight matches. I mean, Neville and Aries happened later on in the show. It really wasn't a cruiserweight match because it had, obviously, Sasha and Alicia in it. But uh, the crowd didn't sit in their hands, surprisingly. I mean, Rich Swan was the hometown guy, and he won. Shockingly enough, despite the fact that AJ couldn't do it, all these other people couldn't do it, but uh, the Rich Swan no could. One, like, like, nobody ever wins in, um, in their hometown except for Punk. Except for Punk, Exactly. <laughs> Punk being the ultimate exception, and now Rich Swan joins that elite club as well after Sunday. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's really n- not much to the match. I mean, uh, Swan and Banks won, hopefully putting a merciful end to the Swan and Dar feed, which, is, which has felt like it's been going on for years now. But uh, that, that was that was really about it. Any thoughts on the tag match? Yeah, um, I thought, like, Rich, um, I thought, like, the guys did a good job of, of, like, doing, like, some technical wrestling in the ring and, there was a lot of, you know, like, groundwork and arm mm-hmm. bars and, and wrist holds and, and everything, and I thought it was fine. Um, the girls didn't do too much. Um, I thought Sasha, like, jumping off onto Noam on the outside was really cool. Uh, I'm always super scared for her knee. I'm always, you know, always afraid she's going to blow it out, but, you know, she was fine after, and she was dancing with him, so I thought it was, a, like, a fine segment. I didn't think it was terrible. Yeah, no, it was all right. It served its purpose. Like you said, some good ground wrestling there. I feel like that's the biggest issue. I mean, again, it was good, but I feel like the one, that's one of the bigger issues with the, just the cruiserweights on the whole is that they focus on like too much on a body part, especially Noam Dar. I mean, the guy's really good, but he can his matches sometimes can be boring, at least the, the middle portion when he's just working over a body part for like 10 minutes when it should be. I mean, Go ahead. I mean, you know, I mean like, like they don't let him work as much as yeah. they did like and, like, you know, over, like, the summer when he was working, like, you know, with those matches, uh, you know, he was getting, like, one, he was getting, like, more time, and two, he was allowed to do more. Here, they're, like, they're not letting him go, you know, you know, to his, like, full, you know, like, you know, like, they're not letting him do, like, his whole shtick. And uh, so people don't really know how good he actually is, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, it's just a shame. But, you know, but, like, Rich Swan and, uh, you know, um, I think Swan shows a little bit more uh you know but you know but Dar this is uh it's very bland I guess and you know I don't think the fans really know too much about him which is a shame because he really is good but you know 
Yeah, exactly. I feel like I was just about to say that same exact thing with Noam Dar. Yeah, like Swan does is able to showcase his skills a little bit more because he's a babyface. But beyond that, yeah. I mean, as, as people have said for for months now, it's the biggest issue with the division that they're not able to go to their full capabilities, like what they're capable of doing in the ring. A lot of these 205 Live guys, they're having good matches. But, I mean, we see good matches on Raw every week. Like, there's really no difference. Yeah. I mean, we raved about it. I know I was talking about it with you all the time last summer and vice versa. The Cruiserweight Classic was incredible. Every single week it felt like we were getting a match, like a, a fucking phenomenal match. And oh, just, man, yeah. You know, with the, with the guys. And it's just, I don't know, just right now it's not clicking. I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said before with those guys, but... I don't know. It just, uh, it's just, it's not working. So they either got to let them go all out or film it elsewhere. Like the UK guys don't have that problem yet because they're working their matches either in NXT or over in the UK. So they are having awesome matches that we all know they're capable of. The 205 Live guys aren't as, you know, don't have that same luxury right now. So we'll see where it goes. But no, yeah. I mean, you know, like it's just like on Raw, they're so like it's just so like watered down. Yeah. And like it's a shame. It's, and like it's a shame to see that because like that's obviously a, a big audience watching them, and like that and like that that big of an audience is, is not watching like two hundred five live, which is you know which is where they're able to go and and do a little bit more. But you know you know but their biggest audience is Monday, so like you want them to do like you know like all their shit, but they're just not able to do so, which is you know, and that's just a shame. That's exactly it. I was just about to ask that. Do you think the issue is that, because there have been reports for like weeks now that 205 Live's numbers aren't good. They're not even cracking the top 20 for viewership on the network. Do you think that people just don't care about these cruiserweight matches because they're not watching 205 Live and the only exposure they have to, uh, to the 205 Live guys is on Raw. And on Raw, the only really thing we see from these guys is like, two or three four-minute matches. So how can you really care about Mustafa Ali when he's losing in three minutes? You know, exactly. so that's that's a big part of the problem and, and, and a big difference from, like, the Nitro days when the guys would go out there and have awesome matches in, like, the first hour of Nitro. We're not quite yeah. getting that from these guys on Raw. So that's definitely something that can be tweaked going forward with the Cruiserweights. Uh, another... Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, sorry, go like, ahead. Um, like, um, and Jack Gallagher and those guys, like, like you know... Um, there's a few of them who who really do, you know, like get some good like TV time because yep. he had that like you know because he's had some good matches you know with Neville and with Tyler Bate and stuff and like you know so yeah you know, so he's you know so he's like he's like well shown you know but you know but like uh, but then like there are others that are just not at all and they just don't get like the exposure that they need because they're all such talented wrestlers they like they all work on the ground really well they can all fly. But like when you put them in in, in five minute matches on Raw, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Especially with the heels too. I mean, now that I mean, Aries losing. Oh, we'll talk about them momentarily. But like yeah. Aries losing was fine because Neville's great in the role. But beyond Neville, there's I mean, Kendrick is great too. But it's like Drew Gulak, Arya Daivari, Tony Nese. They're all talented. But the only time that we get to see these guys, the only times we get to see them in the ring is on Raw when they lose in two minutes to another babyface, and it's, you can't take these yeah. guys seriously at all. So. That that's exactly it. Just they're they're not giving much time. Like like you said, it's a simple formula. Jack Gallagher's been getting more TV time than pretty much anyone in the in the cruiserweight division, other than Neville and Aries. And surprise, surprise, he's over. So and he's also yeah. able to showcase his skills more too. And the other guys aren't as fortunate. So again, something they can they can kind of tweak going forward. Um, that being said, next segment on the show, I don't even know why this really happened, but Elias Sampson, the Drifter, uh, performing. 
his, a song, and that was just uh, just singing, and then and, and, and that was it. I thought someone would come out. I mean, I guess they had to kill time. They had six matches on a, on a three-hour show, which is fine. I mean, the guy's been doing okay. I'm just not really sure what purpose this served. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the segment? Um, I mean, he, he got some good heel heat, I gotta say that. Like, they yep. were, you know, they were, like, booing the crap out of him. So, you know, like, yes, you know, it's like good for him for, for using, like, what he has, which is not much right now, and getting, and getting some heat with it, so. That's true. I mean, he is getting heat. I mean, I don't know if it's the heat they're looking for just because he was doing the same thing in NXT with the singing and stuff. I actually like the way that he was being used when he first came up and he was literally just drifting around Raw and he wasn't saying anything. Walking he was just... around backstage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was cool. Maybe we could see more of that as opposed to him singing and shit. But beyond, like we said with the Miz Ambrose feed, we talked about who could be next for Miz. Do you think they could be headed for an Ambrose drifter feud after Miz wraps up his rivalry with Ambrose at some point soon? That's interesting because didn't they have a match like um, a few weeks ago on Raw? Yeah, they had a they had a match. Uh, him and Ambrose. Yeah, yeah, and, and and Samson won by like disqualification or whatever. And they also did something this you week know. too, where they were going to have another match and it never happened. And Ambrose beat the shit out of him, and then he got distracted, and then Elias beat him up after that. So like they are teasing it, yeah. Yeah, so maybe they're trying to you know like these singing bits are just like like ways to get him in front of. Up with the crowd so that they know who he is, so that like when he wrestles Ambrose or whoever, you know, it, like like they won't be like, oh, like who's this guy that's wrestling Dean? Mm-hmm. You know, because like you know, because by then they'll have, like they'll have like a face to a name kind of thing, and they'll know who he is and they'll know what he does. So maybe like these in ring spots are, you know, are not like time fillers. They're actually going to be you know like used for a good purpose, like you know, um, like um, sometime soon. Yeah, that's actually a great point. Maybe they're just helping him with exposure and stuff. He's not on Raw a ton, so just getting on the shows, especially for people like, you know, people that I know who watch Raw on Hulu and shit, they don't see Samson probably more often than not because his matches get cut, but if they watch the pay-per-views, they're going to see him singing and stuff, getting heel heat, so that's a, that's a step in the right direction. We'll see where they go with him. He, he doesn't have, like, a world champion right over him, all over him or anything like that, but he's got some potential. I, I, mean, I mean, like, not yet, but yeah. I, I think he... Like, I think he could be eventually. He could, he could be a lot better than what he's doing right now. Uh, it's funny. It's You would usually think it's the other way around, where, like, in NXT, people are superstars, and they come up, and they're losers. They're just not handled right. And Samson's been the exact opposite. Like, he was nothing in NXT. <laughs> and then he comes up, and he's, uh, and he's I don't know, he's doing a lot better. So it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, I think he could be not like a WrestleMania, you know, like yeah. event one day, but I like I think he could be a champion, definitely. Oh, definitely. I could see him as Intercontinental Champion or US Champion, certainly. Maybe especially on SmackDown where he's not being lost in the shuffle. So we'll see where they go with him. Uh, yeah, like I think like, you know, like I think Vince loves him. I think I think yeah. he has like like the look like like that Vince likes. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he's 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 charismatic, I guess, and he can and he can and he can wrestle, so I think he'll do fine. Yeah, he should be just fine. His in-ring skills are average. I mean, he's, he, it, 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 if you have the same amount of in-ring ability as Jinder Mahal, then I think you're okay. As the current WWE champion, I think you'll be just fine. But uh, exactly. regardless of what people thought of that segment, I don't think anything topped uh, what had come next. For the Raw Women's Championship, we had Alexa Bliss and Bayley in a kendo stick on a pole match. Now, these women were already put in a tough spot coming into the match after that just atrocious This Is Your Life segment on Raw the, fo- the previous week. Horrible. 
And then Horrible. they had to just erase that from people's minds on this show, which they could not because Bailey brought it up in her promo. She got audible boos when she came out, which was disheartening to hear, but they were there. I mean, they were, it, wasn't, it wasn't that loud, but they were there, though. And then just the match sucked. The match was just not good. I mean, you had a Kendo stuck in a pole match. You had to know it wasn't going to be an instant classic, but just wasn't good. Bailey did not go to the extreme as they had teased coming into the show. And then Bliss just beat her down like a total loser. She wins clean. And then that was it. So uh, just this match was not good. I've heard from some people it's one of the worst of the year. It's hard to say. I mean, I know it's June. I, I can't think back. I mean, Orton and Wyatt, eh, I don't know. This might have been worse than that at WrestleMania, so I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. But... Dude, I liked that match. Did you at WrestleMania? Like, you know, yeah, I liked that match a lot. Oh, like, wow. There in person, I, like, I liked it, yeah. I didn't hate it. I mean, I, I disliked it more watching it back, but I didn't I didn't love it in person. I thought it was all right, but this is definitely worse, though, now that I think about it. This was just the drizzling shit. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, this was, yeah, this was not good. Easily, this was not. Yeah, not what it should have been, considering especially yeah. Bliss and Bailey had one of the better matches of Payback, too. Yeah. And, you know what, dude, like, it's such a shame because, like, we saw her at Takeover last year in one of in, like one of her her best moments against Oscar, mm-hmm. and we saw the ovation she got after she lost. And then, you know, you saw her on you know um, in her Raw debut, mm-hmm. and you know, huge pop and everything like that. And to see like kind of like how far she's fallen kind of sucks, you know, because you know because she is like she really is like a, a great talent, and they just not and they they just haven't done. Like goodbye her on the main roster yet. Yeah, I was thinking that same exact thing. I mean, everyone's been talking for days now about just how badly booked Bailey is. They are just ruining her. It's not to the point where she's damaged goods, where she can't be rehabbed, but it's like, not only this match in that terrible segment last week, but again, going back to that debut, she just went after the title almost immediately, which was a mistake. They never really were able to recapture that same magic that she had in NXT by being an underdog. She was doing nothing for a while. She won the title on a random episode of Raw, and then she would lose. To, I don't think she's ever beaten Nia Jax once in the main roster, maybe once, but out of the 10 matches they've had, she's lost at least nine of them. And just uh, the promos aren't good. Just I don't know. She's just not clicking with the audience, and it's, it's partially her fault because, again, the promos aren't great, but it's largely WWE's fault for the way they've handled her and just just making her out to look like a total loser in these matches. And there's a big difference between looking like an underdog and then looking like a loser. And thankfully, Sami Zayn, he was getting to that point where they were making him out to look like a complete nerd on Raw, and they moved him over to SmackDown, and now he's fine. Bailey does not have that same fortune, unfortunately. This has just been terrible. So, yeah, just the match sucks. Yeah, you know like, I don't know. You know, I think they put like, the title on her too early. Yep. You know, and, and then... The match of Mania was, you know, was just okay. I love that, like, Alexa Bliss won. Like, I, like, I love her, so I'm I'm fine, you know, you know, with them, like, putting it on her. But, I mean, like, this, like, Bailey's in, um, entire main roster run has just been so mediocre. And, and like, it shouldn't be because she, because, like, and then I see she had those matches, you know, with, you know, you know, you know with, like, Asuka and Sasha and these incredible moments that will live forever. But, like... Like her main roster, like matches and, and feuds have have just not been up to like that level. Yeah, just it sucks. I can't tell you one truly great match she has had on the main roster. And again, it's not her fault because we know she's capable. Like you said, the matches with Oscar yeah. and Charlotte and Sasha and NXT were great. And I, I at this point, I'm not sure where she goes from here. I know she wasn't on Raw this week, and I was thinking. 
Before Extreme Rules, I figured Bliss would retain, and she did, as she probably should have. It would have been just dumb to, to flip back the title to Bailey so soon. Um, and I was thinking, okay, maybe Bailey gets the gold back at Great Balls of Fire. But now that I'm thinking now, now that I'm thinking now, after what was teased on Monday, maybe they give the belt to Sasha instead, and that's when they they they're, they're probably going to do Sasha Bailey regardless at SummerSlam, which yeah. we all figured months ago. We figured that a year ago, which is great. I think I hope they do do it. But as opposed to having Bailey as champion. Maybe they'll keep the title on Sasha through SummerSlam. That's when they'll turn her heel, and Bailey will be in chase mode, which is where she's better anyway. So, do you see that being a possibility for the future of the Raw Women's Division? I mean, like you know, um, like based on like what we saw like on Raw, like you know, um, like Sasha really isn't like anywhere near the title picture right now. It's it's like it looks like it's like Nia and Mickey and Dana mm-hmm. what we saw on Raw. So, like, you know, so maybe they throw, like, Sasha in there later. But, I mean, like, I think a match, you know, with Bayley uh, at SummerSlam is fine. But, I, you know, I would love to see it at Mania, too. So, if they can hold off on it until then, that'd be, you know, like, that'd be a, um, a nice thing. But, like, if, if, if they want to do it at SummerSlam, then I'm all for that. But, uh, but uh, and, and maybe if, if Bayley were to win that match, that would be, like, her official, like, crowning moment. Because the one on Raw was great, but then she lost it soon after. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I don't know like, what they want to do with her. And I don't know how, how, how she rebounds from the promo on Raw and then this match on Sunday. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, well, her winning back the championship at some point, which shouldn't be anytime soon. Unless she wins it back at SummerSlam, which is fine. Uh, to kind of go off their moment from two years ago in Brooklyn... Maybe that's when they hit the reset button with her, because right now, I just even in the meantime, I don't even know what you do with the girl, just because she's lost twice now, clean, once in her hometown, and then the second time decisively in an awful match, so I don't even know where you go with her from now, or how she earns another shot, unless they do Sasha Bailey, and Sasha's like, oh, you're my friend, I'll give you a title shot, and it's babyface and babyface, and Sasha wins by going heel or something, and that's the feed for the summer, so I, or for the fall, whatever, so... I guess we'll see. There's a couple different possibilities. They have a bunch of women. Like you said, there's Dana, who's not that good right now, but Mickey's there, and Alexa Bliss is there, Nia Jax, though. They have the women to work with. It's just, yeah, Bailey especially is, is concerning because so far in the 10 months she's been in the main roster, it's just been a complete disappointment. So, like I said, there's still time to rehab her. Just so far, it's been not what it should have been. Uh, but that being said, though, tag team titles up next. A bit better than that match. It was Steel Cage. Confusing rules uh, between Cesaro, Sheamus, and the Hardy Boys. Very confusing. Well, for one thing, the one match with the steel cage is the one issue these matches always deal with is the fact that the steel cage door is right there. Because we were told ahead of time you can't win the match by pinfall or submission, which is normal. But then they said, or you can always go through the door, but I've never understood if the door's right there, then why wouldn't people just walk right through the door? Like, no one has ever done that. And obviously, it's super unrealistic, but... I just that's never made any sense to me. I thought it was I thought that was silly, but then you get to the finish where they said Jeff coming back in the ring after already exiting, him coming back in doesn't count anymore, and then both guys have to touch the floor at the same time, which was never made official. This that it was very odd, but uh regardless, Sheamus and Cesaro are the new Raw Tag Team Champions. Uh your thoughts on the match, Noah, and what this means for the Hardy Boys going forward? Um, I like the match a lot. Uh, I, you know, I was, I was questioning, like this whole time, why they wouldn't pick like a ladder match to do because mm-hmm. like it was their decision of what they, of like what like they wanted to do, and they went and 
they went like with a cage match, which did not benefit them at all, considering like Cesaro and Sheamus are, are, are both brawlers, and and being in a cage kind of like you know like limits your ability to you know like to fly um, and do and do like what like the Hardys are are best you know um, you know like doing what they do, but I mean but Matt like like I gotta give like a lot of credit to Matt because Matt did a did like he did like a shit ton in this match. I I think he did great. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff escaping and then coming back in was you know was questionable. Like it was a cool move to do at the end with like you know him him like jumping off like you know him like jumping off the cage. But it, yeah, but there's very confusing rules with him uh, having to like touch back again after touching first. And um, yeah, I don't know like and. Them losing like the titles, uh, you know, now leaves in question whether like the broken gimmick is going to happen or not because we don't know, how, like, if they've been able to like acquire those rights to them or or not. But um, yeah, I mean, like, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that because that's kind of like mm-hmm. been um, a huge part of uh, uh, like of this stage of their career lately, right? Yeah, absolutely, for the past at least year or so. So I think it's more a matter of when than if they'll go broken. I mean, like you said, it's really all a matter of up to the lawsuit with Impact Wrestling and whether they have to pay for it or Matt wins the lawsuit or whatever. So what, however it ends, they're going to be able to do it at some point, even if it's a knockoff, even if it's like the fractured Hardys or something. They're, they're going to do it at some point. Otherwise, um, as Dave Meltzer has pointed, it was a pretty credible source. He's like... You know, if if the WWE didn't want Matt to do the broken shit, then they would have had him dye his hair back to black, and they wouldn't allow him to do the delete chance and you know all the other mannerisms. They wouldn't allow him to be broken, Matt. I mean, obviously he's not fully broken, but he's still teasing it, so they wouldn't allow him to do yeah. that with how micromanaged the show is now. If they didn't think they were going to do the broken Hardys at some point, the the money they can make off it is just unreal with merchandise and all that other shit, and it's already over. They were chanting delete, delete, delete. They were chanting brother Nero, so. Yeah. You know, it's only a matter of time. It's more a matter of when than if. But, um, yeah, now that they've lost the tag titles, the real question coming out of, you know, whether, when that would be, like when they would drop the titles, if they would become broken, they weren't on Raw this week, so we still don't know. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Just from any updates that I've heard, I'm not really sure where they stand with the lawsuit. I don't think they're anywhere close to reaching a deal, so it might be a while. But regardless, I mean, I figured the Hardy Boys would have retained. It's not a, a career killer that they lost. I mean, Cesaro and Sheamus have lost so much, they kind of had to win one at some point. And it furthers the feud. They could do another match in the next show or on Raw or whatever. They've had good matches. Other the match was very good too. So they could do another match in the next show. And uh, yeah, maybe the Hardy Boys went back there and they do Hardy Boys and Revival at SummerSlam. So uh, that's that's where I see it playing out. Excellent. Yeah, I think that that's might be. Yeah. I think they should that's be back true. anytime soon. But yeah, the, the revival that is, they should be back. You know, at some point in the next few weeks, they've obviously been back on Raw recently, but they haven't wrestled yet. At least Dash Wilder mm-hmm. hasn't been in action, so we'll see. But yeah, it's probably where they're heading with it. But uh, yeah, I think the match was good. I think the Broken Hardys thing is still a question mark. But uh, any other thoughts on the match, though? It took them forever to jump off the cage. Like you <laughs> know, like they were obviously like you know, they're waiting for Matt to like pull Jeff out. But, and they were just hanging there forever, and I'm like, guys, jump off the fucking cage! Yeah. Like, like it was just awkward seeing them hang there for you know, for like you know, you know, for like for a good like five ten seconds when they could have fell like soon after. But uh, that was like that's just like me, you know, um, you know, nitpicking. But like other than that, it was fine. 
Yeah, no, I agree. That's the same issue, like, with the cage door thing that every steel cage match falls victim to. Like, especially in the broadcast. I don't know if you want to fall through the table, and that might break your fall, but it's like you're just falling on the mat, or not the ring mat, but the rat on, on the mat on the side. You're not falling on, like, the cement. So, I mean, they've fallen from heights a lot further than the steel cage, especially from, not even from the very top, but from the where they were climbing down. It's just, just jump down. If you're that anxious to win back the belts, then you would win, then you would just jump. <laughs> I've never understood yeah. it either, but... Yeah, that, that's just, like, silly wrestling stuff. But, yeah, but beyond that, I thought the match was good. Um, another good match, Neville and Aries for the Cruiserweight Championship. Aries, once again, unsuccessful in his pursuit of the championship in this submission match, tapping out to the last chantry. He did force Neville to tap out, or, or, or tapping out to the rings of Saturn, rather. He did force Neville to tap out to the last chantry on the outside. Didn't count, apparently. I mean, I guess I understand why it didn't count. It has to be in the ring. But they were teasing countouts. They were teasing that Neville would get himself disqualified again, like the cage match for a show called Extreme Rules. But not even that. There was really nothing extreme about the match, which was fine. It's just that traditionally there have always been no countouts, no disqualifications in a submission match, I quit match, because exactly. the only the only way you can win is by forcing your opponent to tap out. You can't win by DQ. Like that doesn't make any sense. That's the reason why they did this the, the match. So. That was just a little silly. But the match itself was really good. Again, a lot of good wrestling, like you said, with Dar and Swan earlier. Some really good wrestling here. I honestly think it's just a matter of not just solely the purple ropes, but people just see cruiserweight, and they just are conditioned to not care. Because the crowd really was not into this at all, unfortunately, despite the match being really good. All three matches have been good. Um, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Ne- Neville winning is fine just because he's been doing so great. It's just a matter of where Aries goes from here. And as we alluded to earlier, I think the best thing for him to do is maybe not necessarily it has to be a feud with Miz, but just get away from the Cruiserweights. Because Neville is better than the Cruiserweights too. But he's, you know, he, he's killing it as a heel and as champion, he's okay. Aries, I think they're just, uh, I don't know, the fact he lost wasn't the, the, the issue. I think it's just the fact that he lost and hopefully should move on to the heavyweights is where I hope he goes from here because that's where he belongs. Um, that said, then the match was good. Neville retains. Uh, Noah, your thoughts and Neville still your cruiserweight champion. And where does Neri- where does uh, Aries go from here? Rather, I mean Neville is a is a fucking monster. Yep. Like the the dude, you know, has has never been better. He's a you know he's a he's a great champion. Like there's you know there, even though he's like the like the biggest one of like the two hundred five live guys. It's like he's a great, like you know, he's a great example of what, like that, of what like a champion should be, and um, you know, and um, and Aries has been great, like working with him the past three months. Like I, you know, I I think he's he's learned a lot from him, and um, you know, and like I'm I've been a huge Austin Aries fan for God knows how long, and you know, he failed to, you know, he didn't win like a major title in like. Um, uh, um, um, like NXT. Uh, so, uh, 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 so I'm hoping like that now that he's going to be like hopefully moving up to like the main roster guys and not like the cruiserweight guys that uh, he'll he'll eventually win a major title there because I think he has like he he's he's like he's like he's obviously like like one of the best in you know in the world of wrestling. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I'm hoping that he doesn't just like go away or. Or you know, I um, I hope he, uh, he like he'll work with Miz, and I hope that you know eventually he'll hope you know he'll work with like you know you know with Roman or or like whoever you know for a title. So I think uh, you know you know this match was really good. 
Um, I, 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 I think it was it was better than Mania, but not better than Payback. Uh, you know, but yeah, but they all yeah, but they're always incredible together. So. That's funny you say that. I mean, it's all subjective. I thought the Mania match was the best one. I mean, we were there, so I'm... I'm but you were there, yeah. too, so I'm biased, but I don't know. I, I liked the... I thought the Mania match was... I don't, I don't, again, I don't know if it was better, but it was certainly my favorite. And then this match. And then the Payback match. I thought the Payback match was the worst. I mean, it's not terrible, but I just thought it was the weaker of the three. But you thought the Payback match was better? Yeah, I, like, I just preferred it. Like, I, like, I don't know like, what it was about, like, you know... Um, like the match of Mania, like, I, like obviously, I like, I was there and I saw it live, but uh, I thought, this, I thought like, um, like the payback match just had, you know, um, just had like, you know, more to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though at Mania, like, it was their first time wrestling and it was the it was the first match of the night and the crowd was hot for it and um, and everything, but I just thought that that yeah, uh, like Mania was probably. Like, uh, for me, like my least favorite, and like I don't want to say worst because they've yeah. all been amazing. Yeah. But like I just think it was like my least favorite of the three, and and you know and this was really good too. Like they you know they both traded you know holes the whole time and and um and and Aries like you know uh, uh, making him tap on the outside was really cool. Uh, like they should have clarified the rules, you know, you know better so that like you know we could have understood that that, like, you had to make them tap in the ring, because I, I think we missed that concept. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, like, Neville hitting his starship pain on, on like, Aerie's shoulder was brutal, and then making him tap right away was great. I, you know, I just think he's a beast. Yeah, no, Neville's been killing it. I mean, the thing is, he's always been a great wrestler, but you were never ever. I mean, you, people saw it in the NXT, but you, you were never really able to see it, like, uh, the main roster audience on Raw and SmackDown and stuff because he was facing Wade Barrett every week. He was facing Cody Rhodes. Not that those guys aren't good. Cody's great, too, and as is Wade Barrett. But Cody's Cody's awesome. It's just that they weren't allowed to go out there and have the matches they were capable of. And moreover than that, just as a babyface, it worked for him in NXT. He just had zero character development on the main roster before he went heel. He's coming out wearing a damn cape every week. It's like how are people expected to care. But as a heel, yeah, he's been killing it. And with Aries, like you said... The only real logical next step for him is, I would assume, to go to the heavyweights to work with guys like Roman and Joe and Rollins and people like that. Just because, yeah, yeah there's just, pretty much anyone on the Raw roster. I mean, where where can you go from here in the cruiserweight division? I mean, I get it for like when Gallagher, Gallagher went for the title, Gallagher, whatever. He went for the title in March. He lost. He he took a step back and now is feuding with whoever and he's not really doing much. That's fine. But it's like we're talking to Austin Aries here. Like he's not going to go for the title, lose. And then go back to feuding with like Tony Nese or something. It doesn't make any sense. So, and he did tweet something after the show, like, "Oh, I need to reevaluate my career," something like that. So, I would assume yeah. I, I was hoping we would get an answer on Raw or even 205 Live. He was nowhere to be seen this week after the pay per view, which was weird. So, hopefully, we get an answer next week, and uh, we'll see where he where he ends up. But I think he's better than the cruiserweight division at this point. But yeah, like you said, great match. Neville retains. Uh, Neville did beat TJP on 205 Live on Tuesday, so that feud appears to be out of the way after what was furthered on Raw. Uh, of the Cruiserweight guys, Noah, any any people that you would like to see face Neville next for the Cruiserweight Championship or be the ultimate person to dethrone him as champion at some point soon? Um, well, to face him next, um, like I think, you know, uh, like Drew Gulak or like, um, really, Cedric, uh, um, 
Alexander mm-hmm. like, went back you know, recently. I think like, they would kill it. Uh, but to ultimately uh, uh, beat him, I don't know. Like, he just doesn't look like it looks like he's going to hold it for a long time. Yeah, and he probably should. I mean, he's he's the best one out of anyone in the division right now. But I didn't even think about Alexander. I forgot about him. I know Akira Tozawa is pretty hot right now. He just beat Kendrick in a still, uh, street fight a couple weeks ago, so that was cool. So Akira, or I know he's doing something with the Titus Prime, which is the kiss of death, so we'll see where that goes. But, yeah, Cedric at some point would be cool. But, uh, yeah, it might be uh, – Yeah, Neville might be reigning as the king of the cruiserweights for a while to come, and I got no complaints. So, uh, speaking of such, we get to the main event, Fatal 5-Way, with the winner earning a future opportunity at the Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar. Easily, hands down match tonight, not even close. Uh, we had oh, Roman Reigns, yeah. Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, Samoa Joe, all going out there, killing it. Just about 30 minutes of in-ring time. You had to know they were going to get a bunch of time. The match started at like 10 o'clock. They had an hour left, or right after 10 o'clock, whatever. So, they had a bunch of time. They killed it. I thought there were points early on. I was definitely in the minority, and this wasn't a bad match. There were just points early on where I was getting frustrated with the the formulaic nature of like the five-way. Like, okay, two people in the ring at the same time. Three people are, are out at ringside for like 10 minutes for what it felt like. Rollins was dead for like a long time at one point, even after taking just a single steel chair, or not steel chair, steel step spot at ringside. But beyond that, the match was really good. The final stretch was fantastic. All, all five guys that worked really well together heel. Worked really well together here. Uh, Wyatt goes for the sister Abigail on Seth. Roman comes in, goes forward on Roman. Roman reverses, spears Wyatt. Balor comes in. He takes out Reigns, hits the finisher, hits the coup de gras before he can cover. In comes Joe, chokes out Balor clean, doesn't tap out, just passes out. And Joe is going on to extreme role, or rather great balls of fire next month to uh, face Brock Lesnar. For the Universal Championship, so a dream match for many, myself included, is coming true in a month from now at the next show. Uh, I don't think a lot of people thought Joe would win. I thought Balor was winning, but I have no problem at all with Joe walking out as the new number one contender. So, uh, Noah, your thoughts on the match and your thoughts on Joe going on to face Brock for the belt? Like, I think that the whole thing was fantastic. Uh, you know, I hate that Roman didn't do shit until the end. It's kind of... You know, yeah. sat there with like a smug look on his face the whole time. She did the rumble a couple of years ago when he was out for like an hour and he came back in and he almost won it. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, like they took like, oh uh, yeah, like, you know, like, yeah, that was bad. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but like, I, you know, I, I like Roman as a worker. Like, you know, I'm, I might, you know, have hard feelings towards him after Taker. And, like, I'm being there in person for that, but, like, the dude can, can work his ass off when he, you know, like, when he wants to. But having him just stand there and not do anything, does not, and, like, does not do him any favors, like, with the crowd or mm-hmm. with me. So, but, um, you know, but Joe, Seth, Finn, and Bray all worked their ass off this whole, like, the entire match, except for when Seth was laying there for, you know, forever. Um, I would love to see Joe and Bray as as a tag team eventually, I think they would just, I would, I, I think they would maul everybody. Mm. Um, you know, after Joe loses to Brock, uh, mm. you know, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they could do that, but, you know, but, you know, but Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar is, is, is a classic, you know, not even, it's happening yet. Like, it's, it's just, it's going to be great. And, um, you know, I, I've been I've been asking for it for years. I know you've been asking for it for years, and, and now we're and we're getting it. We didn't think that you know it was going to happen. We thought it'd be you know either um, either Roman or Finn, but uh, you know 
but maybe we'll get Finn and Brock at SummerSlam, which would, you know, which would be fantastic. Yeah, they leave the door open for that as well. I mean, of course, Balor took the losing fall here, but he didn't tap out. He didn't get pinned. Yeah. He passed out. So he looked strong in defeat. He was perfectly fine here. He was about to win. He still has his one-on-one rematch, which has been brought up maybe once in the past two months. He's been back, so he still has that rematch. We're definitely getting yeah. Balor and Lesnar at some point. They planted the seeds for that when Heyman came back a couple weeks ago. So yeah. um, they could always save it for later on, whether it be SummerSlam or down the road, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I figured Joe and Lesnar would either happen at some point, like at the Rumble or something, or even never at all, just because I, I didn't think they would ever do it, especially like a year, even like two years ago, even before Joe showed up in NXT. It's like, that match is never going to happen. It's a, it's a dream match. But even when he showed up in NXT, it's like, we don't even know if he's going to make it to the main roster. And when he did, it's like, yeah, you still don't know for sure, because he's, I don't know if they view him as a top guy. But they definitely do. I mean, for all the complaints about you know from fans about how NXT guys come up, which is valid. I mean, we were just talking about ba- Bailey being just brutalized and completely just killed on the main roster. But there are a select few like Balor and especially Joe that have been booked properly since coming up to the main roster. He's only really lost once. I think the Rollins a payback, but beyond that, he's been undefeated. So uh, he's the most believable threat to Brock right now, going undefeated for so long. The guy's a monster in size and everything, so that's fine. And the feud's going to be great. Uh, you know, Speaking of such, on Monday's Raw, we saw Heyman and Joe going at it. Joe was talking about why he's going to beat Brock at the pay-per-view. Heyman comes out, and he says, you know, uh, Finn Balor was the best-case scenario. You're, you're the worst-case scenario, but Brock's also your worst-case scenario. So going back and forth, just great shit. They ended it there. It would have been awesome. But then Joe takes Heyman into the corner. He's like, I'm going to choke you out. I want you to send this message to Brock. And he's just doing this all off mic, and it feels like so refreshing because we've never seen anything like this before on Raw or anywhere. And Joe's such a good fucking talker, too. That's just, you know, the cherry on top of the cake. So, And he does exactly what he says he's going to do. It's not like he's about to do it and Brock comes out or anyone comes to save the day. He does exactly what he says he's going to do. Chokes out Heyman, which is rare. I know he took a bump in the hands of Goldberg not too long ago. But beyond that, Heyman rarely takes bumps. So that was cool. And then chant, the, the crowd's chanting for We Want Brock. Joe says, I do too. Just a fucking great segment. It's only been like three days and the feud's already amazing. off to a strong start. It's uh, just amazing, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, this is incredible. I mean, like, you know, uh, we haven't seen, like, Brock uh, have to wrestle anybody like this ever. So it's um, it's really cool that they're booking that, like, it's monster versus monster. Like, you know, because it's, like it's, like it's like an actual threat to Brock who hasn't had it. I'm an actual like, threat to his title since Goldberg, who really isn't a monster, but you know, but Joe is a monster. So I'm I'm really excited to see them, you know, just go at it. And they have five weeks to build it, so I hope that they get you know some like interaction in the next month or so before they clash. And uh, and I'm, I'm just proud Joe is is in the spot right now because like I never thought that he'd be like, a main eventer in WWE. So I, I'm, I'm very happy about that. Agreed. I mean, it's so funny because not only was this guy in TNA, you know, two and a half years ago, and there was always reports, you know, WWE didn't want anyone from TNA, they never wanted Samoa Joe, blah, blah, blah. But even when he showed up in NXT, there was never a guarantee he would be on the main roster, like I said earlier. But not only is he on Raw kicking ass and is one of the top guys, 
the dude just won the main event of a WWE pay-per-view. I mean, this is the same guy. This is the same guy that wasn't even at WrestleMania, not in any capacity whatsoever. I mean, it wasn't his fault. They just didn't have a spot for him on the card. It wasn't like he was going to get chucked in the battle royal and get tossed in five minutes. So that was probably for the better. It's just so funny. But yeah, now he's going to be facing Brock Lesnar for the top title on Raw. And not only that, it's just a match that you know is going to be good. Like, the, the, the yeah. worst thing that they can do is go in there and have a typical Brock Lesnar match. And we all know Brock can have more than a five-minute squash. Like, that's yeah. not the issue. It's just that they need to tell, not tell him, but they need to fucking book a match that's a competitive contest. And like you said earlier, it's it's inevitable that Joe's going to lose. You know Joe's not going to lose. We know Joe's going to lose. I wish he wouldn't, but we know that he will. That being said, if they can go in there and have a even a five-minute match, the, the Goldberg match was five minutes, but it was some of the five five of the best minutes in WrestleMania at WrestleMania 33. Oh, oh my God, totally. It was yeah. great. So we know Brock can go in there and have a kick-ass match. And it's not the fact, it's not even that he's smaller. I mean, he's, he's an equal, not maybe, I, I don't know if they're the same height or not. I think Brock might be a bit taller. But um, still, just in terms of pure power and just dominance and strength and shit, they're on the same level. So it's going to be a great match if booked properly. And like you said, they got a month. They got four weeks. It's already off to a strong start. The segment on Raw on Monday this week was fucking awesome in terms of how they booked it. Heyman was great. Joe was great. And they built intrigue for uh, for Lesnar return. And it makes sense. It's not like, oh, Lesnar is going to be back this Monday just because because he's he's scheduled to be here. No, he's back because... He's coming to save Heyman, and he's pissed after what uh, Joe did to Heyman on Raw. So it makes perfect sense, and hopefully we get some sort of interaction. Someone was asking me if we see Joe choke out Lesnar on Monday. I don't know about that, quite honestly, but maybe if we get I would a... Love to see, like, you know, I would love to see like a Taker-Brock brawl. Dude, I was like, just about to say I was just about to say Yeah, I, was, I would be totally content with a Taker-Brock brawl, which was, quite honestly, in my opinion, and you might agree, one of the best Raw segments in a long-ass time, because it was just yeah, super I mean, well like, done. I think, I, I think, like, you know, like, any time Brock brawls with anybody, you know, like him mm-hmm. and Cena, and um, him and Taker, like, it, it's just incredible, because the crowd just goes nuts. Yeah. And, you know, you know, so with two guys who, like, you know, like, the roster won't be able to hold back, it's just going to be sick. It's so, going to be sick, it's, yeah. It's, it's going to be crazy, yeah. I can't wait. So whether they do it this week or the go home show, I know Lesnar is scheduled to appear this week. At least, at least another three more Raws, and there's four Raws between now and the pay per view. So he'll be on the show plenty between now and the event. But so far, it's off to a strong start. For as much complaint as there is right now, as much uh, you know, maybe not hate, but as much uh, I don't know, uh, uncertainty or unsatisfaction, I guess is the right word that there is with Raw right now. But you know, among fans. Joe and Lesnar should be pretty great. Um, even without Lesnar on the show, Heyman and Joe killed it. And then, um, yeah, that's about it for the top of the card. That's really the only thing so far confirmed for Great Balls of Fire. Like we said earlier, Hardy Boys and uh, Sheamus and Cesaro rematch, I'd assume. Maybe Miz and Ambrose again. Banks and Bliss or Bliss and Jax. I'm not sure. Something along those lines. But it should be a decent show, despite the terrible name. But going back to Extreme Rules real quick. Horrible terrible. Horrible name. Horrible name. The ad uh, just... Oh, I don't know. It felt like one of those, like, it felt like a capital punishment. Like, like one of those, like, when capital pun. It really does. Yeah. It so does, yeah. It's so themed. Like, capital punishment had, like, the, 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 the Washington, D.C. music, and they had a fucking Obama impersonator. It was just atrocious. And I'm sure this one will be no different. It's, like, old school. They were playing the Great Balls of Fire song. So that might be the theme song. I just can't imagine them running down the card. Oh, my God, Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe this Sunday for the Universal title. Set to Great Balls of Fire by, by Jerry Lewis. Like, I just I can't imagine that. But 
I guess we're gonna have to deal with that in the weeks ahead, unless they get another song. I guess we'll see. But uh, that being said, you know, I, I don't think we're gonna be seeing any great balls of fire on that show on July 9th. But as far as Extreme Rules goes, wasn't that extreme, but it was still a good show overall with a great main event. Awesome, shocking ending. Uh, how would you rate this show, Noah, overall, on the whole, uh, whether it be 1 to 10, 2 thumbs up, 2 thumbs down, whatever. What were your thoughts on the show on the whole? I'd give it a 6 out of 10. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, we had this, like, the great men event, um, a great, you know, um, like, Mrs. Dean was really good. But then we had, you know, some shitty matches, you know, um, you know, um, like, and Bailey and, you know, and... Um, and average matches, you know, like the mixed tag and, and, uh, you know, and yeah, I mean, like, it, it, like it was, like, it was an average show. Like, I'm not like, you know, it's not like, I won't say it's horrible, but mm-hmm. it's not like one of the best of the year, definitely. No, no, I wouldn't say so. I thought Payback was a lot better. Obviously, WrestleMania was great, but, um, not, not yeah. quite as bad as Fastlane, but yeah, there was some good wrestling here. Overall, like you said, the main event was great. Opener was really entertaining. Uh, cruiserweight title match that was good. Cat cage match was good, but the tag titles were both good. The wrestling was good overall, other than the women's match, the second one, which sucked. Obviously, it was just that there were a lot of. It's not even nitpicking. It's just a lot of confusing shit between the cage match and the submission thing, and just the lack of. The kind of thing on a pole, you know, like like you know, like the kind of thing, you know, like falling, you know, um, like a minute into the match, like yeah, they're falling that early. Just it was really weird. Just a really not so extreme show. I don't know if they change the name next year or they do something more extreme. It was pretty sad that it didn't, it didn't get extreme until like Finn Balor busted out a steel chair in the in the fucking main of a two and a half hours in is when they get extreme rules and extreme rule shows. That was kind of a bit of a letdown. But overall, though, from a wrestling standpoint, it was a good and show. Finn's a face, like you know, like mm-hmm. like and Finn, it, like like Finn Balor is like a face, like bringing like a steel chair, you know, um, into the match. You know, uh, you would think it'd be like one of the heels, but. It, yeah, it might have. Like, it might have been Wyatt. I'm, not, I'm just throwing Balor's name in there. I, I do remember Balor using the chair at some point. It might have been Wyatt, but it very well could have been Balor. I'm not sure. I know it was one of the two, but uh, yeah. or maybe even Joe. I'm not sure. But regardless, yeah, it just it was the most. It, it felt like really, as people have said, and Backlash was. I enjoyed Backlash do more than more than Extreme Rules, but that felt like a good episode of SmackDown. This show felt like a good episode of Raw. Like just from that, from like the the drifter performance, him singing, and with a great main event. It's not that we like Rollins and Joe was a, or Rollins and um, Reigns a couple of weeks ago, the last Monday, whatever was a great match. But then like the rest of the show wasn't that good. Like this was a good undercard with a great main event, but it felt like a raw, just with just some weird booking in between, which isn't a bad thing. But um, hopefully now that the summer's here and they're building towards the Great Balls of Fire show. And then fucking SummerSlam, obviously, which is two months away, which should be great. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good show. Um, but yeah, that does it for our review of Extreme Rules and kind of sort of Raw on Monday as well. Uh, any other miscellaneous thoughts, Noah, and anything we didn't talk about? Anything SmackDown related, NXT related? Uh, anything else I'd like to share or talk about today? No, no, no. Yep. I'm good. Hmm, nice. Okay. I think we pretty much broke it all down. Extreme Rules, you know, essentially dominated. The week in WWE this week, uh, as we had talked about, good show, and uh, hopefully not the last time we'll hear your voice here in the show. I know it was a long time coming, many years in the making, but we were finally able to make it happen two and a half years later. 
Glad we got it done. Awesome time. Thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. I mean, the funny thing is, is that we're always doing this type of stuff anyway. Even longer than this, usually we're talking for like two, three hours and end on Skype regardless. <laughs> Exactly. This is essentially one of our Skype sessions, just recorded, uh, pretty much, just talking wrestling and whatever else, just talking about it on the show for a change. So I'm sure we'll do it again in the near future. Maybe not here on WrestleRant Radio, but we'll definitely get back, back, you know, get you back here on the show at some point uh, in the very near future. But uh, before we let you go off the air, no, anything you'd like to share? Twitter, anything else? Any other projects, plugs you'd like to get out there? Um, you guys will hate my Twitter. It's a Justin Bieber, you know, a fan account, so you guys will hate it. But if you want to follow me there, um, it's um, satnjwit underscore. I, um, I, I tweet about, you know, um, like half wrestling and, um, and half music. So if you guys want to, you know, um, you know, just bear with it, you can. But if you don't want to, then I totally get it. So <laughs> go ahead. Definitely give him a follow. It gets my endorsement. So if it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you people. But uh, that being said, too. Yeah, man. (laughs) That being said, too. uh, What about your blog? You want to plug your blog, too? Um, Anyway, blog. It's half music and half wrestling, too. Okay. And it's a little little bit, like, more bearable. (laughs) But it's good shit, though. So, again, it gets my endorsement. So people could check it out. Um, You tweet about it all the time. So people give give you a follow. Check out the link, too. But, uh, yeah, that being said, Noah, as always, great time talking, especially here on the show, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon, brother. Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks a bunch. Awesome, man. I'll talk to you again soon, and I'll catch your ass down the road. Yes, you will. All right, see you, dude. And that was Noah Wade, folks. Once again, huge thanks to Noah for joining me here on the show. We've been trying to work it out for so long. Like, we were literally talking a year ago before SummerSlam to do a Brooklyn TakeOver Brooklyn review couldn't do it after WrestleMania, just not enough time. But today, able to make it happen to talk everything Extreme Rules. You could also check out my written review of the show on NextAirWrestling.net right here on the, on the site where you're listening to the show to begin with, obviously. My full written review of the show I talk all about on the hashtag AskGSM over on the YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash C backslash GrahamGSMMatthews. Find me on the other socials at facebook.com backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews. And right here, or on NextAirWrestlingObviously.net, but also on Twitter, on the Twitter machine, at WrestleRant, always tweeting about Raw SmackDown, live tweeting during the shows whenever I can. And NextDayWrestling.net, like I said, this very website, content going up every single day, uh, written reviews of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Main Event, you name it, I review it. Lucha Underground is back too! Lucha Underground was fucking amazing last week. I couldn't talk about it. Um, I don't have time today to talk about it. We talked everything Extreme Rules with Noah. But uh, Lucha last week, the debut, the re-debut of Season 3, uh, picking back up where we left off from January. The all-night long match I thought was phenomenal. So check it out when you can on the El Rey Network, whatever, YouTube. It was great. So check it out when you can. And that about does it. We'll be back next Wednesday with uh, the, the pay-per-views. Keep on coming, guys. It's just one week's a review. Another week, it's predictions. Next week, it's one of those prediction shows. Money in the Bank is next Sunday, believe it or not. It's quickly approaching. And then we get a bit of a break in between uh, Money in the Bank and then Great Balls of Fire. Only about three weeks, so not a big break, but a break nevertheless. Uh, so next Wednesday, or rather Thursday, excuse me, all new episode of Wrestle Rant Radio right here on NextAirWrestling.net, talking all things Money in the Bank, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, maybe even some Lucha, basically anything in the world of wrestling that interests me. That being said, guys, Graham, GS, and Matthews here. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll catch your ass down the road. Do a self-care, do a